good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Advent week, uh, the, the week of, well, Advent Sunday too. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you know uh, Claire, but she informed me as I started talking about that there's only four, that Advent is four Sundays, but I'll get to that in a minute. So in the, in the Christian tradition, Advent is the beginning of the church year or the liturgical year, the year the churches like the Episcopalians and the Roman Catholics and the Presbyterians and they, and we, we, we follow it loosely. It's a construct, and it's really interesting because it begins about four weeks before uh, Christmas. It's four Sundays, and then it ends with Pentecost, which is in June. So you have about four weeks of Advent. Christmas is actually does run 12 days in, the, in that calendar. Epiphany starts on January 6th and lasts till Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of Lent, which runs for 40 days, but that doesn't count Sundays. <laughs> Easter is three days, and then the Easter season goes until Pentecost, which is usually sometime in June. And then the story ends, and guess what they call the time between Pentecost and Advent? There's actually two things. The one I found online the other day was, they call it the time after Pentecost. <laughs> but mostly, it's called ordinary time. So it's like, well, it's just ordinary these days. And um, so if you're ever watching a movie and it kind of, you're kind of trying to figure out what time of year it is and there's a church scene and the minister is wearing green and people in short sleeves, it's summer. Now how everything after Epiphany, starting with Lent and Easter, is calculated will make your head spin and I'm not going to go there. It has to do with the moon. I don't think there's any werewolves involved, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So now, that is absolutely information you did not need, so let's actually talk about what I'm here for. <laughs> it just got me on that when I was looking at all of these celebrations that we do this time of year. But you know, unity historically sees Advent as an inner search of mind and heart. And in our teaching, the Christ is a, an idea in divine mind. It is a divine essence within our being. Here, you know, in the darkest time of the year, we have the opportunity to step back and take time to explore our inner self. Now, when I say self, that is a capitalized word, just so you know. But theoretically, it is a time of quiet, but it's only theoretical because we, though we say this is a season of hope, renewal, and change, it is often fraught with stress and overdoing. And just when we are called to go within, the outside world starts screaming at us to pay attention to it. 
And our modern world is very distracting, but you knew that already. I don't have to tell you that. Making a conscious effort to take the time to spend time with your inner self is worth it because this time of year can lead you into a real spiritual adventure should you decide to open up to it. Now, adventure actually means an unusual and stirring experience. Adventure comes from the same root word as advent. See how that works? So we can say that the search for the, for the advent of your inner Christ means that you embark on an adventure of spiritual introspection, which is how we came up with the titles Adventure. Cute, huh? I know. So we have a theme for each week during, during Advent, and this is across all Unity churches. Advent 1 is hope and faith. Advent 2 is peace. Advent 3 is, three is joy. And Advent 4 is love, which takes us right into the birth of the, of the Christ light. But today our adventure leads us to investigate peace. And I've been thinking quite a lot about how this is supposed to be a time of peace and goodwill, but it has turned into that whirlwind of coping for so many of us. Now, embarking on an adventure of peace sounds probably a little weird because we like to think, or we tend to think of adventures as being very active, right? And peace seems to be more passive. And so we end up asking some questions, or at least I do. The first question is, how can I have more peace in my life? I think that's probably one or two of you have asked that same question. And my initial thought was that the quest to discover peace actually is, and then somehow, I'm sorry, what was the, to ask what peace is. What is it really? And then how do I implement it in my life? So then I automatically started thinking about inner peace. But the more I thought about inner peace, that made me think about there must be an outer peace. <laughs> And I started to try to compare the two. <laughs> Whereupon my brain decided it was time for a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> the cookie interlude led to my deciding that there is only one peace. Peace is peace. It has no beginning and it has no end. And we, we separate it out. It's like in, in Anne's song, she talks about peace of mind. We talk about peace of mind, peace of body. You know, we chunk it out, but peace is peace. So then my second question is, is what is peace anyway? And if we don't know what it is, how can we find it and use it or be it? And then the next question was, what is peace and how do we obtain it? So what came to me is peace is not an external objective that we can go pick up at Wall Home Co. That took a while. <laughs> peace is not an external device. It's an internal phenomenon. And certainly peace is the absence of worry. Peace is not projecting out into the world. Peace is not accepting the projections that are sent towards you. Peace is not engaging in the drama of the world. 
Peace is standing in your own energy, being you. And we often identify peace by how we feel, right? And we, or at least I, mostly identify peace as not feeling icky or stressed. It's a lack, you know, it's lack of conflict. And that was when I realized that I was only looking at peace from one direction of what it is not, what, what is not, what is not going on with me. And then I went to, is peace an absence or is peace a presence? As I was letting all this run through my mind, wondering about inner and outer peace, I had a vision of standing at the still center of a circle. All the worldly activities spun around me like the, rings, like the rings of Saturn. And in this image, I am not engaging with this busyness. I can reach out my hand and touch the ring. So I'm standing in the middle, and if I put out my arm, I can immediately re-engage in that energy. But in this vision, I am in the circle, and I am not touching the rings, and I am just being. I'm serene in the middle of chaos. I stand in the eye of the hurricane. I am, and I was. And then the phone rang. <laughs> and I touched the outer circle again. And this showed me, though, that peace is alive. It's ever abiding within me. But how do we live a fully engaged life and maintain that tranquility? How do I reach out to that circle and not get pulled all the way back out? This is the conundrum of the, is how to be in the world and not of it. And of course, we really can't. I mean, there's ways, but most of us can't and we won't because we're meant to be engaged with life. It's why we're here. Be in the world, not of it. That sort of sounds like we have to choose between a life of drama and stressed and stress or a detached, uneventful existence. And this is where I realized that there's a misunderstanding about something. In my world, there's a huge difference between being detached and non-attachment. Being detached means you don't care. You have no emotion. You have no mental investment in the situation or in life sometimes. In detachment, you don't even do anything because you don't care. Alternately, non-attachment is when you allow, but you don't turn off your feelings. You can care passionately about something, but allow it to be. You can allow it to flow naturally. Non-attachment means that you still take action, but you release yourself from the need to control the outcome. Non-attachment is when you can truly let go and let God. We can let go and still do our part. Some people think that if you're not attached, you would not care what happens. But that's just not true. The truth is, is that you probably care deeply and you may feel joy or disappointment at whatever the result is. But when you understand that everything changes, you're able to see that the one result is never the end. And there's more and more to come. It's an act of co-creation because we are one with the universe. 
And I have a quote from a book, and I'm going to show you the book. It's called The Book of Merdad, and I made copies of the cover. It's out at the Hub in case you're interested, because we get those questions. So the Book of Merdad says, and this says it all for me, accept a misfortune as if it were a fortune. For a misfortune, once understood, is soon transformed into a fortune, while a fortune misconstrued can quickly become a misfortune. And nothing in this quote tells us to stop being human, doesn't tell us to stop having feelings. It does give us a way to approach life, though. And then Norman Vincent Peale said it another way. He said, if you are going one direction and God is going another, you are tearing yourself apart. And because we are part of the God energy, one source, when we fight the current, we feel anything but peaceful or tranquil or serene. So how do we find our way to peace in this crazy, distracting world? Where can our quest take us? Now, please understand that it is not that any of us are lacking in peace. It is only that we are distracted or we don't really know what it is. We don't really understand what it is. Which is we got, why we would go on this adventure to discover what peace is. So let's examine a two-fold method. The first fold, so to speak, is to venture inward, to discover that well of peace that abides within and connect with it. Become aware of this resource. Make it your friend. The second fold is actually to remember to tap in to this well of time, in times of challenge. Remember to resource yourself. What if we could really understand and know that peace is not a thing to be accomplished or found? What if we realize that peace is an energy and not dependent on a having or a not having? What if we discover that peace is simply an energy that lives within and is alive and active in our daily lives? Is that really so strange? Think about the stories people tell about experiencing the peace that passes all understanding. A woman in my Thursday morning group tells the story of sitting in a hospital waiting to get the diagnosis, of, diagnosis of, for her son. And she said, she said there was a biopsy, and they were pretty sure they knew what they were going to find. But she said she sat there, and all of a sudden, she just had this sense of complete peace, overwhelming peace. And she knew that her son was going to be fine. And the diagnosis was cancer. But he came through it really, really well. He, and, and so she, in that moment, was engulfed in a peaceful, tranquil energy because she knew it would be okay. Or at, sometimes at the end of a relationship, when that hard decision's been made, there may be a sudden sense of re release, relief, or that deep sense of well-being. And there's so many examples of this phenomenon. I'm sure many of you have experienced that sudden peace that passes all understanding. This is peace, and it does pass all understanding in those moments. But think about that for a moment. The peace present wells up inside, and we feel calm and centered and safe, and then we decide we don't understand it. 
And sometimes we try to overthink that. Usually, we accept this energetic infusion with gratitude. And we can because these moments come unbidden and we don't have to work for them. And they're just wonderful gifts. But then again, we shouldn't have to wait for that unbidden moment, should we? It's quite possible to consciously move from chaos to serenity. And in thinking about all of this and wondering why we work so hard at it, I, came, I come back to the one idea that most of us think that we are lacking in peace and that we need to create it. I can now remember times when I was all wound up and sat down to generate some peace. I was going to drum up peace. How do you drum up peace? That doesn't even make any sense. And I was at such a loss of centeredness in those moments that I tried to manufacture peace. And in those instances, I may have calmed down, but I was working so hard at it that I didn't really connect or commune with that living presence of peace that was within. And we know that meditation, getting quiet, turning within, allows the mind to refocus, to shift gears, and settle down. And then tranquility will seep in, and we feel good, happy, centered. But in that quiet, think about it, we are receiving, we are communing, we are not creating. And what we have discovered during this adventure today, what have we discovered? The most important idea, I think, is that peace is not a thing. It is not something outside ourselves. It is not something that we can manufacture. Peace is an energy, a living presence within each one of us. Therefore, we are never without peace. We only feel peaceless when we are out of sync and looking for solace outside of ourselves. When we are aware of and in communion with the, peace pres the peaceful presence, we allow life to flow around us and we live from the inside out. And we can weather the storms of life by going into the internal abode of the presence of peace who welcomes us with open arms. Advent takes us on an adventure of exploration into faith, hope, peace, joy, and love through which we discover the Christ energy within and whereby we remember who we really are. And so I invite you this week to use the, your knowledge, your feeling of the presence of peace, the home of the indwelling Christ. And now if you'll just take a moment to close your eyes and I will close with this blessing. Take a deep breath, let it go. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the son of peace to you. Deep peace of the daughter of peace to you. Deep peace to you. Deep peace. And so it is. Amen. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. 
You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center